Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. You have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our informational playground. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Rickney. And you are listening to us on Star Style, be the star you are, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where... Our goal is always to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations that are going to get you going and keep you going. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the 10th Annual National Be The Star You Are Essay Contest, which is sponsored by U.S. Bank. The theme is what it means to be an American. So enter today to win dollars, books, radio interviews, publicity, publication, and more. Go to starstyleradio.com and click on events. And this is just a little short poem by Edwin Markham. There is a destiny that makes us brothers. None alone goes his... Let me start that again. (laughs) There is a destiny that makes us brothers. No one goes his way alone. All that we send into the lives of others comes back into our own. And I love that. We could say that makes us sisters and brothers. And, but I think that's probably true. mankind. Yes. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that we're all here for each other and that no one comes into our lives that doesn't touch us. So it's how we look at it. When we look at anyone that we meet, whether we like them or we don't like them, they're here for a reason and they touch our lives in some certain way. So we should make it positive. Well, today uh, is, is just a great day because we're going to be looking at a positive future. We're going to be talking about goals in Health Matters and T for Two. 
uh, and resolutions because as we'll start a new year, we want to focus on what is going to be uplifting and successful for us. And we have our guest memory expert, Frank Healy. He's going to join us once again in segment two. And he's going to lead us in exercises to flood our negatives with positives. And then in our final segment, we're going to learn the truth about unsold books. So it'll be an exciting episode filled with good cheer for a new year. And I just want to give one quick shout out of praise and congratulations to our teen radio show, Express Yourself. They have celebrated their 100th episode this month. Oh, wow. And, you know, that is really, I was saying to Matt, our engineer off the air, how wonderful this is because teenagers are very busy and it's challenging to get teens on the air every single week with a brand new show. And I'm now juggling uh, 25 teens from across the country as reporters and hosts. So they've done 100 episodes. So congratulations. You can listen to Express Yourself Teen Radio every noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Atlantic Eastern on Tuesdays on the Voice America Kids Network. And we always have photos and links and descriptions and more so you can actually see all the incredible guests at expressyourselfteenradio.com. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of these kids. It's, it is great. Well, as we get ready to launch a new year, most of us start reflecting upon the past and we see what works, what didn't work, what we did well, what we could have done better. You know, some things we can control and other things control us. And life is about choices. So today, Heather and I just want to talk a little bit about goals and resolutions and what we can start thinking about because we want to be smart about it. So, Heather, give us your thoughts on what it's like to start a new year and to, you know, think about what we want to achieve. Yeah, well, you know what's always so interesting to me is that every year there, there's some kind of almost cleansing of the new year coming in, that all of a sudden we, you know, we have all these new aspirations, whether the last year had many triumphs or tragedies, you know, we always, you know, look forward, of course, and, and oftentimes, you know, as this new year is upon us here, um, everyone, you know, sort of makes these new goals that uh, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to call my mom, I'm going to, whatever it is. And it's interesting to me, similar how people uh, make goals or always start things at the beginning of the week. They always say, next week I'm going to, or starting on Monday. And if there's some kind of hiccup in the road, for some reason they're not able to start, um, then instead of just saying, I'm going to start Tuesday, they say, oh, I'll start the next week. So there's this thing I always feel like, every day can be your New Year's resolution. But with this um, New Year's on Honest, that the main things, you know, is uh, everyone, um, the top ten, I just want to say, that keep uh, getting regurgitated. And, and in the recent studies, as they said, of 2013 going into 2014, as we are here, uh, this is what it is, is that the number one, of course, is lose weight. Second is getting organized. Three is spending less, saving more. 
Four, enjoying life. Five, staying fit. Six, um, learning something new or exciting. Seven, quit smoking or other vices. Uh, eight, helping others achieve their dreams. Nine is to fall in love. And ten is spending more time with family. And I think these are overall on the whole board, everyone's goals with things, that we want to have a healthy, fulfilled life, that we want to be fulfilling our dreams. We want to be um, physically fit and as well as not just aesthetically, but that, you know, our interior-wise, that, that we're healthy and we're living for our families and we're letting go, you know, of all of the things that um, do hang us up. You know, there's many things that we put into our lives um, that we know are bad for us and we, you know, I need to quit smoking, quit drinking, quit uh, whatever it may be, spending money on such and such or whatever. Um, there's things that we know aren't healthy for us, and uh, but yet, again, not to say that they're addictions to us, but there's things that are comforts in our life. And it only takes, you know, a few days to start a repetition of things. It's just like going back to school. Things at first are really hard. It's hard, you know, sometimes if people are cutting out a certain, uh, you know, certain, they're going to stop eating meat or, or some kind of bacon or whatever it may be. It's really difficult at first. Things that, you know, we're accustomed to. We are a ritual culture. So I think, you know, the really great thing about starting over this new year, um, it does give us that chance that, you know, if we haven't achieved uh, throughout the year what we said we were going to, it gives us another kind of start over point. And that's yeah, it's actually, like we get to a clean slate. It's like, you know, you erase the chalkboard and you start over again. Yeah, and, you know, there's something really interesting that, you know, the statistics grow and, and change throughout the year, um, or the years, is they say roughly about 45% of Americans make resolutions every year. Um, and then, as we know, as, as the weeks go on, um, by the end of the year, they say only 8% of that 45 has actually achieved their resolutions, which that can feel, you know, pretty when you hear that, it sounds like, well, why should I even try it? But it's up to us to achieve those. And again, you know, there's always things, setbacks will be in our way. Um, and so I always think of take, making baby steps. Uh, a lot of times people, when they set out a goal of, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get fit, they do a very drastic. All of a sudden, the next day, they go to the gym for two hours, and they're going to cut out all fast. Of the- well, as we know, when you start really extreme, um, there's going to be a harder crash. If you don't work out, and all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to work out every single day, and you start out really intense and hard out, the next day you're going to be so sore, and then what ends up happening, you're sore, you're too sore, you're injured oftentimes, you can't go to the gym, and then before you know it, days become weeks, become months that, oh, now I'm uh, next year I'll start going to the gym. So start out slow with, with all things. And, if it, if it and I think do- also if when it comes to the exercise, and we've talked about this many times before, you have to find something that you enjoy. Because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it. So, and that kind of goes for all goals, actually, is that, you know, we've always talked about making smart goals, making them specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. But I do think that it, when we are making a goal, it has to be something that we really do feel that we'll be able to accomplish with some energy and some output and going into action. Yeah, and, and again, and, and to be is that something you really support. 
um, you know, for example, you know, just with me is changing uh, careers at the moment. So been applying with stuff and things, you know, there was so much that I just felt I just want to get a different job and having callbacks on that of companies that have contacted me back, but me knowing, you know, as exciting and as validating as it was to hear they do want you, I knew this isn't exactly the job I want. And so to think, you know, to try to be relevant in that is that, you know, I don't want to waste their time of staying with someone for a short amount of time, um, only to have a, a better, you know, quote, unquote, opportunity come up, or for me to get there and just feel, you know, this is never what I really wanted. Because when we want something, we want, you know, we are going to work really hard for it. We are going to give our best. We are going to show, you know, our employers, especially, this is why you chose me. So, you know, to kind of cross back with things is making sure it's truly what you want, not just settling for, okay, it's, um, it's not the job I wanted, but it's, it's a job. And if this is the year, you know, you really want to have a new career choice, make sure, you know, it's at least if it, it isn't the ultimate dream, that it's very something similar so that you are going to be satisfied um, because, you know, we know we work the most productively when we're happy with things and that goes for every length of our life as whether you know it's in our with our family things of seeing more you know if you have the goal um i want to see my my family more often maybe ideally you would love to see them once a week but that you know due to time or space that isn't uh plausible so maybe it's just setting a goal of okay instead of Every day or once, maybe once a month or every two months, I, you know, I said I'm going to travel home or they're going to come to me. Uh, you know, just slimming down, a lot of times people, you know, they make these huge goals that aren't going to be attainable and then we feel upset or, you know, kind of bummed out that we haven't achieved them. And then also something I want people to realize is, uh, as we know in life, there's many, um, you know, Unhidden blessings and things. Sometimes we didn't get the job we wanted or the boy we liked broke up with us or whatever it may be. And at the time, you know, it seems like the world is ending, that, oh, my goodness, you know, what I've made a mistake or this is so unfortunate. And then something down the road, it may not be instantly, it may be a couple months, but I always feel like something within the year um, or so happens that something happens that really connects it up back that, you know, if you had gotten that other job, this amazing new opportunity wouldn't have come to you. Or if that guy hadn't broken up with you, uh, the man of your dreams wouldn't be with you right now. So That is, so, that is such a good uh, point, Heather, because I do feel that, you know, that things happen for a reason and we often don't know what that reason is. But we do need to just count our blessings and be happy for all the new things. And I wanted to ask you something because... I mean, do you write your goals every year? Because I do write my goals every year. And then at the end of the year, I go through them and I see what I achieved and what I didn't achieve. And normally, anything that's in my control, I mean, completely in my control, whether, you know, it be family or work, as long as I have control over it and it's my choice, I have achieved them 100%. Things that are out of my control, whether it's, you know, getting a raise or getting sponsors or getting more donors or that, I ha- I rarely ever <laughs> achieve what it is I set out to do. And I think the lesson in, in that is that 
we do have control, again, over certain things and non-control over other things. But do you want to know what was so interesting when I looked over my goals for yeah, last year? Yeah, Yeah, I just thought you would kind of get a, a big kick out of this. Because out of all of my goals for last year, the, the one goal that I 100% um, made was giving you and your fiancé a fabulous year and the yes. wedding that you so true. <laughs> and I think I so achieved true. it. And it's so funny because at the end of my goal setting, that's what I wrote, is that the one thing that's really important to me for this year is to give Heather this incredible year for herself. And if I achieve nothing else, I'll feel satisfied. And it was so interesting because that was like the one major, major achievement, you know? So anyway, oh, I just I thought that awesome. was... <laughs> that makes me so happy. You know, it's funny. I... I, in general, am a list maker. Every day I have, um, I probably blow through, I don't know, six or seven organizers a year. I have to write lists every single day, and whether they are um, mundane, you know, as simple as feed the dog, take out and vacuum the house, or, you know, this meeting is at such and such time, you have work at this time. I like writing everything down because there's something that feels like an everyday achievement, which I really encourage people for this new year to make that so that if, again, you feel like you're making, even if there's small little strides, I look at my day planner every day and all the lists, you know, all the, the lines drawn through things show, and I have a little symbol for myself, which means, you know, oh, this I decided not to do today, or oh, this isn't happening, you know, oh, this, this event isn't happening anymore, or something that I can actually push on to the next day that it wasn't a dire thing. I feel like I've accomplished so much in the day when I see how much is on there, and then how much I've done. And, and you I know, I love be- that because I am, obviously, I do the exact same thing, and my lists are always large, and I really do recommend that for people. And I think what you've just made is a great point, is that we don't have to have these humongous goals, you know, that we're going to make X number more dollars, or or we're going to move to that dream house or the dream job or whatever it is, if we can make lists every day of our goals and we accomplish just simple things on a daily basis, we're going to feel like we are success, uh, successful every day. Yeah. So that is such a brilliant idea. Well, it's time to wrap it up. So just give us some final tips so that we can all you know, jumpstart the new year and really know that we can accomplish what we set out to do if we change negatives into positives and make sure that, you know, that these are things that we really want for ourselves. Well, as always, so the big thing, you know, is dream big, but start small. Um, Every little thing, you know, it's a stepping stone towards your little goal. Make those daily goals that are going to help you achieve your overall goal. And the big thing, too, is set a timeline. Sometimes we're very ambiguous on what our, our goals are going to be. I'm going to make more money this year. I'm going to set a thing, say, you know, by April 15th, I would have liked to be in a new job. And then don't get discouraged. If you haven't achieved it by that date, set it forward towards a new date or see how, why you haven't achieved that and what you can do. And always, I think a, a lot of times, 
asking for help and making things public. A lot of times when we tell people we have a goal, I my goal is to lose weight, people will want to encourage you. Or if you say, I'm, I'm looking to change a career, putting it out there, those feelers, you never know oftentimes who knows who or who can help you along the way. So make it public about your things because people will help you and there might be things you never or, or, uh, you know, people, people in general that are going to be able to help you get to that goal, whether it may, uh, whatever it may be. Very, very good. Well, when we come back from break, the amazing Frank Healy will join us and he is going to launch us a bit further into turning our negative memories into positive ones so that we can become the stars that we want to be and achieve the dreams that we deserve. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we'll be back in a bit. During the break, you can visit the Chitty website, bethestarur.org. We are working on Operation Disaster Relief right now. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are. dot org. Be the star you are. You are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style. Be the star you are. Hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. The secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly in seeing where you want to go. And here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we know that you have the power to have it all, be who you want to be, and we intend to help you get going and stay going. And that's why we bring you the authors and experts, the pioneers on the planet who have been there, done that, and want to help you. Well, only 33 people in the world have been classified as having highly superior autobiographical memory. And this was a study done from the University of California. Author and licensed professional counselor and certified life coach, Frank Healy, has written a book, Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life. And what this book does is it takes you on an adventurous journey through your own memories and then gives you concrete tools so that you can heal any past hurts, 
our convictions with exercises that help you to remember more of the good times and then heal the, this, you know, the pain of the bad times. Now, Frank's mindset is to help everyone get started on a new year to kick it off by healing your memories. And that sounds like such a great beginning to a happy tomorrow for me. So I want to welcome back Frank Healy to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Frank. Hey, Cynthia. It's good to be back. Oh, I'm so glad that you are back because this is such a great uh, book for this time of year. You uh, have all living with phenomenal memory and it's so critical because people write goals or resolutions for a new year but it would be so much more powerful if we can turn any of our negative memories and things that happen to us into positive ones so that we don't repeat the past mistakes now you are an expert in this field and you have changed the lives of many many people so you had suggested and I think it's just a great idea that we take our listeners through a very effective exercise that's called Flooding the Negatives with Positives. And this is from your newest book, Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, Move On in Your Life to a Phenomenal Present and Future. So I know that we want people to get a pen and a notebook or, you know, if they've got a Word document open, it's easy to do that on, um, the, I'm, I'm that way these days, to just put it on my computer because then I can refer back to it and cross-reference it. So is that a good way to get started, Frank? Yeah, that's a good way to get started. So I'm going to give everybody a minute to do that. And also, the first part of the exercise is to think of a memory that you had mixed feelings about. Maybe it was something that was mostly good, but there was a little dent in it. Like, I use an example in my book, August 25th of last year, I'm at the beach with a bunch of family and friends, and in the water riding waves, but had a little injury when I rode the, a wave in. And another example of a basketball player who played a great game, but then trips on the way back into the locker room. So pick a memory that you have mixed feelings about, and we're going to work with this. Okay, that's a, that's a great uh, beginning. So I think that probably people have their pen or their journal or document and if you are following along with us uh, in your own copy of Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, you can turn to page 21 and we'll get started there and if you don't already have the book, you can pick up a copy of the book at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or you can go to uh, Frank's website and just uh, check it uh, check it out there and get a book, phenomenalmemory.com. And then when you get your own copy, do this exercise again because you're going to find that it was really, really helpful. So take it away, Frank. So we know that they're going to choose one of these memories. Now what's the next step? Okay, write the memory at the top of the page and include the details of the incident and the feelings you might have had when you, you know, during the memory, both the good and the negative feelings. But for this first part of the exercise, you're going to take the negative aspect of it, maybe one thing that went wrong. And, and, and then we do, then we're going to, um, when we write it down, how much, how, how much detail do you want people to go into? Well, the most, I want them to include the details of the incident and the, and the feelings. I want them to get a strong sense of how they felt when the little thing went wrong. 
but also, so I can uh, give you an example from mine. Although, I mean, I've turned it into a positive already using your techniques. But when I think about it, I I just think about how it could have been disastrous. And that was one time I was going uh, to go teach an acting class and got dressed quickly. And before I got to the class, I had many errands to run, and a lot of people were waiting and saying hello and smiling and laughing. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful day. People are being so nice. And when I got to the class, I turned around to write something on the board and all the class started laughing. And I said, what's the matter? And nobody would say anything. And finally, somebody stood up and said to me, have you looked at the back of your pants? And I said, "Uh, no. And what had happened is I was wearing a pair of pants that had an invisible zipper, Frank, and the zipper had ripped apart, but it had held at the top and held at the bottom, and it shaped, it made a complete heart on my rear end. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so, obviously, I was running around for about an hour before I taught the class with kind of my bare bottom showing so all these people that were smiling and waving to me and saying hello were probably not doing it because you know they thought I was so great they were laughing at me so I had an opportunity then to just either get depressed and frustrated that my bare bottom was showing or I could use your advice and turn this into a positive so I did and what we ended up doing for the rest of the class is we did exercises on what those people that saw me running around with this heart shape on my bottom, <laughs> what they talked about at dinner. <laughs> well, that's a great example and a great way to use this. And uh, one of the things that you'll get at, on my mem- on the uh, com- my website community, which I hope to have up and running in a couple of days, is ways to use humor to heal your memories and. In fact, I even created a scale of how good is your sense of humor. See, so that's so important because don't you think that having humor is one of the keys to changing your memories from negative to positive? Well, that's right. In a later chapter, I write about how you know using using humor to see the funny side of the the funny side of things, and even how to, how to do that, how to pick out from an experience what the funny side would be. Well, see, that's why I was able to see the humor, because I had read your book. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And the book is Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, because, again, we have a choice. So let's assume that everybody has their memory. It's written down now. And now you want them to give it a a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. So the 1 means that it's fine. There's no negativity. Yeah, that's right. One means there's no negativity at all. And if you gave a one, then you probably should have picked a should pick a different memory. Oh, because, good point. Yeah, because what would you say as a memory expert? Is it like if your negative memory is like one to three, then do we even bother with it? Or if if you're even thinking about it, it must be higher than that. How do you think? Well, I think for this particular exercise. Even if it's two, three, five, six, that would be good because in later chapters of the book, I get into more intense negative memories where it could be an eight, nine, or a ten. So, so for this, for this one, exercise, it doesn't matter. The bottom line for this exercise is: don't pick a one, but pick anything. Pick anything else, and we're going to change it 
and especially one that's not too, too bad because it'll be easier to get practice, right? That's right. Okay. So, all right. So a 10 means that you are totally anxious or you're depressed about it, whereas a 1 or a 2 is you're not feeling so badly. Then give us the next step. Okay, the next step will now be to write at least five good things about the memory. So, and when they're writing these five things, do they want to, um, do they want to say, do they want to list or think about or consider any ramifications that could have happened? You know, like to go back to my example was everybody got a great laugh. We got a good exercise out of it. We had a successful class, you know, and I'm still talking about it, and I think it's a funny story now. So so you just named five right there for your memory. Right. And, like, for your time at the beach, you got to spend time with your family. You were in a beautiful location. You were in the water, right? I mean, you were doing things you loved. That's right. I was doing things I love and with some family that I don't see too often. And then in the aftermath of it, a half hour later after... After my nose was cleaned up and I was all better, I was swimming in the bay as if nothing had happened. Oh, well, see, there there you go with the positive. Okay. All right, so that memory is, we're now past number three. So what would be the fourth one now is getting into some um, imaging. Tell us how we do that because that, when people go into their mind and I, we call it in acting, or I call it a sense memory, but sometimes it's hard for people. So give us, a, a, give us a way that we can really get in to that part and imagine, you know, the good, the bad, and the not so, uh, and the not so wonderful, but then get to the wonderful. Okay, well, you're going to, you're going to go back and forth in this from the, from the not so wonderful to the wonderful, and Whatever way you have of getting into it, for some of you that might be visualizing everything around you, remembering the sights. For some of you, you might get more into the sounds, what people were saying, what sounds were going on. For others, it might be the sun beating down on you or some bodily sensation, maybe a good fatigue after a run. And, uh, but, you know, most of you have a combination of the senses. Get into as many as possible, but it's likely with each of you there's going to be one sense that you'll have more of when you recall the memory. And, of and course, the key uh, is to really, the key from what I can understand is to really get, um, try to access as many of your senses as possible. That's, so, that's right. You know, so, I mean, if you were eating something or drinking something, what did it taste like, you know, the smells, all of it. So it's all our senses because it'll be, it'll be more acute that way. And then the next step after we've done that is you're, you say to only spend a few seconds imagining the negative part of the memory. So why is that? Well, because there's a couple of things going on here as you do the exercise one is that, that, you know, your positive feelings are going to overshadow your negative feelings. That tends to happen naturally when you go back and forth between them. But it also helps when you spend more time focusing on the positives, the happy feelings, than the, uh, 
than the unhappy feeling. So that's why you spend less time on the unhappy part of it or unpleasant part. Do you think that most people are able to do that? Are they able to, you know, because as you said, so often when we have a memory that does have some negative connotations, we immediately go to the bad. We want to concentrate on that. I mean, I think about, and, and this could go for job interviews, for example, or else I'll even with me, like if I'm doing an audition for an acting thing, when, as soon as you walk out the door, you always think of a hundred things that you could have done better. And I, I tend to forget all the good things that I did do. So it's a little bit challenging, isn't it, to to uh, eliminate that thought of the negative? Is there a, a trick that you have or some kind of um, something that we can, a trigger maybe that we can use to turn off that, those tapes that are running in our head? Well, I think you need to realize that you know, our, our, when we don't control our thoughts and our minds, they tend to gravitate to the negative. And the reason for that is because the brain and the mind are really made for problem solving. So, so you can tend to think of the negatives automatically, even if there were a lot more positives. So part of this exercise is why, but it's easier when you're in a relaxed state, like close your eyes and imagine the memory in four. Just imagine the part that was not so good and then even if that part happened at the end, and for only a few seconds, now since you're on to that memory anyway, it should be, you might have to make some, con- some conscious effort to focus then on the positives, but since you're on to that memory anyway, you're thinking about it, it might not be that hard to do. That, you know, those are, that's a really good point, too, because what you, I really got from that is, that it really is up to us to control our thoughts, and we do have that power. So that's what you, in your book, Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, in this exercise and in many other exercises, we're training our brains to be positive. So now we're going to go to the fifth element of this, of imagining the good things from the event. Now, how much time, because in your book you say to spend a few minutes how how much time is a few minutes for most people? Is it a, like three minutes, or is it? Do you just keep replaying the pleasant memories in your head until you really are filled with pleasant memories? Yes, that's it. I didn't want to be too caught up in numbers here. How many minutes? Because it might make the exercise seem more like a chore. Oh, good point. You're right. Yeah, and so it probably differs for each person and for each individual memory. Well, that's right. Like I've been, I've been trying this with some of the people I counsel in my groups that I run for depression and anxiety management, and I found that people have different. But basically, Cynthia, you hit it right on the head when you said, "Imagine the imagine the good until the person starts really feeling better, even though they were just feeling bad." So. I found on average, but it can be different for each person, maybe spend about 30 seconds imagining the negative and then two to three minutes on the positive or more if you need it. Well, and by doing that, then we are, we are actually conditioning ourselves, aren't we? We're conditioning okay. ourselves to focus on the good that happens to us or that had happened to us. 
as opposed to focusing on whatever the, the negative elements of that were. So that is a very uh, powerful, that's a very powerful exercise to do. So now, once we've started replaying the pleasant events in your head, it's like running a movie in your head is the way I, I do it anyway. Because getting back to my showing my heart-shaped rear end <laughs> from my pants, <laughs> um, I, you know, I have to say that at first, when it first happened, I was like horrified. But now when I replay it back and now as I'm telling it to you, inside it I'm giggling because I'm actually remembering the different faces of the people that I saw at the post office and the hardware store and, you know, and the copy shop and, you know, all the, <laughs> the grocery <laughs> store, the butcher. And, and I'm now realizing how comical this was. For them, yes, they probably thought I was, a, you know, a nutcase or something. But for me now, looking back, it's it's actually a very pleasant memory. Although what it, when it happened, it really wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of time when you put different beliefs and uh, different thoughts into the memory, it's, it changed how you feel about it. And that's it too. You have to put um, you have to put different thoughts into it. That's the thing, is that it's a, it, I have a different belief system than I did. So part of what we're doing when we heal our memories and change our life is we're actually changing our belief systems about what's good and what's bad and what's positive and what's negative. That's a powerful point. Okay, so now we have pleasant events in our head several times, and we've seen the faces, we've experienced all the sense memory that goes with it. Now we have to get back to that unhappy part. What do we do? Well, you start, there's a couple ways to do this. One way is to go back to what was in your, in your memory, which you will have played two or three times by now in your imagination. Go back to the part right before and now imagine the unpleasantness. Now, if you have trouble doing that, then probably that's a good sign that you've gotten rid of the negative feelings already if you have trouble uh, even going to step six. So, but if you go back to the unhappy part again, repeat where it's only no more than 30 seconds, even just a few seconds imagining it. And what a lot of people have found then that, that you know, that probably they don't feel the same way about the unhappy part. Either it'll be neutral or else maybe they'll get a laugh or feel something positive about it. But even if you just feel neutral about it, nothing at all, that's still good. So the next step then is now we have to just reevaluate on our scale of 1 to 10 how we feel about that, the negative. Uh, and is it different? You know, is it different from when we first began? Because that's how we find out if we flooded our memories with positive, uh, with positive reinforcement, and have changed, changed the whole event. And is that is that right? Yes, that's right. You can evaluate. Let's take a hypothetical example. Say when you first evaluated the negative, it was a seven, and then after doing the exercise, it's down to a three, and you want to get rid of it completely. Just. Repeat the exercise, and it's likely that it'll go even lower this time. So, in other words, this particular exercise, and this is only one of many, many exercises 
in the book, we're speaking with memory expert. He's actually called the memory healer, Frank Healy. And his new book is Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, Move On in Your Life to a Phenomenal Present and Future. And so the, the reality of the exercise is you do it over and over until you change the memory to a positive. That's because right. uh, you made some, a point in your book that I thought is incredibly poignant and very, very important for all of us to hear. And that is, is that we may have unwittingly trained ourselves to be unhappy by expecting worst case scenario because we're so afraid of failure or we're afraid of uh, disappointment or any of those kind of sad things that can happen in life that if anything good happens, you know, then we're like, we're pleasantly surprised. But the reality is that's not the way to live your life, going through life deciding that, gee, I hope it'll be happy today and just expect bad things. My experience from that, and I I imagine yours is the same, Frank, is you get what you expect you're going to get in life. It's like what we think about and talk about comes about. So I've had people say to me, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And the the reality is, is they always have bad luck because that's what they've trained themselves to anticipate. Well, that's correct. The brain is so obedient to what you put into it that when you start putting a thought in there, you know, or, or an expectation, you, you sometimes even unconsciously you'll do things that end up bringing it about. So the yes. trick can be to think positive. When you think positively, it's a lot more than just a cliche. It's like you're conditioning your brain to do things to bring about positive things. So let's jump. So this, that, that is flooding. That exercise is flooding your memories. It's flooding the negatives with positives, and you can see how easily it will work. And, of course, throughout Heal Your Memories, Change Your Life, there are many more. But let's just talk for a minute, Frank, about the New Year's goals and resolutions. And now that we're going into a whole new time period, people can have a clean slate. They get a, they get a do-over. And how could we start training our brain day one to be happy and then maybe with the help of the exercises that you advocate and have written in your book and you teach in your classes, how could they, when something negative or bad happens, immediately go into an exercise to change what they're going to keep in their memory and keep in their brain? Because I always think that the longer we, you know, we stew about things, we have a, th- a saying in Italian, it's like, the more you stir the pot, the more it stinks. And I think that sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I think that it's that, that whole idea of if you just keep dwelling on that negative long enough, long enough, that little, little molehill turns into a huge mountain and pretty soon you can, you just can't climb it anymore. So what for, you know, for people for the new year, as people are going to be writing their goals, their resolutions and and making plans on how they can let the past be the past and have a real fabulous future. Okay, well, when something, when, a lot of these exercises are really great for clearing yourself because 
Yeah, a lot of people, just the thought of a new year makes them feel very clear and to have a fresh start. But doing these exercises can sustain it. Now, as far as uh, sticking to your resolutions and turning an immediate negative into a positive, when something happens that you don't like, there's a couple questions you can immediately ask yourself. And the brain will, even if not right away, will come up with an answer pretty quickly. Like you might ask, what can I learn from this? Or is there anything humorous about this? So you ask yourself those questions, and then you can also pick the whole experience apart and think, well, was there anything good about it? You know, those are really, those three, uh, those three tips are excellent because I do really feel that everything that happens to us in life is either a, a blessing or a lesson as long as we learn something and grow from it. So even something so negative can be a good thing if we put that positive spin on it and see the humor in it or learn something from it. So, Frank, this has been so helpful. I want to remind all our listeners that within a couple of days, Frank's website is going to be up and running so that people can sign in. The website is phenomenalmemory.com. Tell us about what the what you're going to be having. Okay, well, Sue, the website's already up as an introduction to some thing, to memory, and my there's a few blogs on it. What it's going to have in a few days is membership. Well, there's already something where you can we can use PayPal to register for membership, but. Me- the benefits of being a member are going to include we'll have some teleconferences and you'll have an opportunity to sign up for some counseling and coaching from me. And it's going to have some of the things I mentioned already, a measure of uh, what your sense of humor is and some articles on how you can improve on it. And we're going to have some chats and some articles on how you can use spirituality to help you improve your, help you heal your memories and we're going to have a monthly newsletter as well as certain member benefits like a member of the month. So there's going to be a whole lot of things you'll get by joining and signing up for a monthly membership. Well, that sounds fantastic because, again, it's the perfect time since we are going into a new year to have to heal our past hurts and everyone comes with baggage. So let's, let's clean up the baggage. Let's start traveling light. And you can do it with the memory healer, Frank Healy. Go to phenomenalmemory.com. Frank, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Yes, You're so helpful. Thank you so much. And we will be talking again soon. When we come back from break, we'll be talking more about books. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dreams? 
Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan. Brian is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Get autographed copies of New York Times best-selling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be the Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Believe in yourself. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to me on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this show today, we are trying to help you set goals and reach for the stars and really you know, to to change your negatives into positives. And one of the things I just wanted to talk about, because in this era of so many people getting into writing books because the platform has been opened up with ebooks and self-publishing and print-on-demand, is some of the things I have learned as an author over the years and that we really need to write for the love of writing and get our words read, not we don't write to be making money because it's not so simple and it may never be lucrative. The times are changing. It's a lot different from when in uh, 2001. And something that that new authors don't think about is unless you're just doing print on demand or ebooks that you will be working with stores and wholesalers and distributors and there's something that's called a return. Now if you're working with a publisher, you know publishers have to be artists too and it it might sound odd to use that term but Every day, publishers bring new ideas and experiences to the world through the written words of their authors. So that is an art form. But there's business questions around this. And what happens to books when they've been on the shelf for a couple of weeks? Well, it could be a couple of weeks to a couple of months. If books aren't selling, a few things can happen. One is they will be returned either to the wholesaler or the publisher or the distributor. And then the the money is charged back to the books. Or the covers are pulled off and they are shredded or burned. Now, there are millions of books shredded and burned every single year. And that's something that Be The Star You Are has been trying to address um, since Be The Star You Are charity has been in existence, is trying to gather these books that are still perfectly good books but might have a little bit of use just from being on the shelf and get them redistributed to 
to um, to shelters and organizations and schools and libraries and people who want to read books because the number one reason for illiteracy that is cited in all research is the lack of access to books because books are expensive. So if we could get away, and I've worked with a couple of web designers and it hasn't come to fruition yet, but I still think that there's that possibility of creating this whole could be donating their books directly through Be The Star You Are to organizations that need them and everybody could get a write-off and everybody could win. But uh, that's something that's for the future, and keep in touch with that at, by going to be the star you are dot org. But what I wanted to tell you was what happens when wholesalers or distributors get these books returned to them from the bookstores. When the returns go to the publisher, regardless of whether it's a retailer or a wholesaler, the publisher has to reimburse their trading partners for the inventory. So they ever have to either reimburse the retailer, the wholesaler, or the bookstore. And this is really, really hard because you never know how many books are going to be returned. So what publishers do is they keep a reserve account for every title. And the funds from the sales, them, they're put in returns. But when the books come back, usually they do have some damage and they can rarely be resold. So the publisher charges the author. So that is, a, you know, if your book, if you're, was a, you were originally getting a certain amount of money, that is charged back. So as authors, we never really know how much we're ever going to make because you never know what's going to be charged back. Personally, I don't think that once a bookstore buys a book, they should ever be able to return it because as much as I love bookstores, they allow people to go in, sit at a coffee shop in their store, read the book, spill coffee on it, put it back on the shelf, and then they return it to us. And that's not, to me, that's not okay. Um, some publishers sell non, some publishers sell books non-returnable, which now I just sell my books non-returnable because otherwise it just makes no sense. It's like buying a gown and, you know, or buying shoes, wearing it, and then <laughs> bringing it back. Of course, print-on-demand is helping now, uh, so it eliminates all that inventory that um, places have to keep, especially on Amazon. Lightning Source is helping with that, and other places is create space. But if you're becoming an author, just be aware of that fact that returns are part of the business if you're selling to a brick-and-mortar store. And then also just keep in mind that if you are in any way able to help be the star you are, make it available, these books that are being returned or trashed or shredded or burned to people who need them, that would be fabulous. Well, thank you for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Here with me, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We broadcast every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific and that is 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. For more information about Star Style, go to star-style.com. To make a donation to the charity, visit btsya.org. And our aim is always to encourage and inspire and inform, amuse and motivate. And we want you just to have a fabulous year and to go beyond yourself and really reach for the stars and land on them. And until next week when we play again, Remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, 
and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. I thank you and encourage you to go out into the world and make it a wonderful week. Shoot for the stars. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.